0: Does the LDS Church really hold Paul's teachings in high esteem? Next on the Ex-Mormon Files. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. Appreciate you joining us. And today we have Alex Alexander.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate
0: you coming and all the way from Cedar City. Yes. Appreciate you coming up and sharing and it's, it's a fascinating story. Uh, you weren't born in the church, is that right?
1: Yes, I was not born in the church. I, um, my grandfather was actually a non-denominational minister. And he was. Yes, he was. And where was this at? He had a church called Bible Christian Church in Le Grand, California.
0: Le Grand, California? And where I, were you born?
1: I was born in Washington, D.C., actually, at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. My dad was a Vietnam vet. Oh, yeah. And we uh, came back to California shortly after I was born. My dad got out of the military. Yeah. And uh, my parents divorced when I was very young. I was oh. around four years old when they divorced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were kind of doomed from the start to begin with. My, my mother um, was a free spirit. Uh-huh. My father was a pastor's son. Oh, And <laughs> it just didn't mesh very well. So, okay. I'm, I, honestly, I'm kind of glad they divorced because living with them together probably would not have been very fun. So, wouldn't
0: have, been, wouldn't have been. And brothers and sisters, did you? I
1: have a full brother and a half brother and a couple stepbrothers. Oh, okay. So, I have a really mixed up family.
0: Okay. And so, were you raised Christian then, pretty much?
1: To an extent. I mean, every other weekend I would go to church when I visited my father. My custodial mother was not a Christian, and in fact, she was pretty far from it, (laughs) bless her heart. Um, But yeah.
0: Yeah. So you went? I went to
1: vacation Bible school from an early age, Um, and I had, like I said, a pastor grandfather who taught me the Bible, Mm. and I'd listen to him all the time, but... You know, when I became a teenager, I loved the freedom of my mother's way more. Yeah. To be honest with you, and
0: that's pretty typical, like, or not well, so typical. But I, I know that's an easy, easy draw, isn't it? To, it is, kind of. If, you'd, if you have that choice, it's
1: not very <laughs> worthwhile when you look back on it. But it, it's easy at, at the time.
0: So what happens uh, in your life? I know you get through school. Do you? Are you still in California at this point? And
1: uh, yes, I am. Yeah. Um, I, I moved to St. George when I was uh, 20 years old. Oh, and I took uh, three missionary lessons in Stockton. I was uh, looking for a oh, church. Oh, Stockton, California. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I was looking for a different church. At that point, I went to Pentecostal Church when I was seventeen. Met an amazing youth pastor who I actually con- reconnected with when I became born again. And, you know, he was the only good thing about that church, honestly, because the there's a lot of backbiting and. Uh, and this was in
0: Stockton. Yes, uh, sir. It was. So, you, so in Saint George, you. you take more lessons? Or? I did.
1: I met a, I met a man on a ward mission night and I told him I took three missionary lessons in California. And that's like throwing a steak to hungry pit bulls. <laughs> um, and bless his heart, great man. He passed away in 2016 at 85 mm-hmm. years old, but his wife mm-hmm. and him invited me into their home and part of their family. Yeah. And they had nine kids and uh, oh, the youngest really. was actually a year older than me. And, they,
0: and you took lessons there?
1: or I did. Oh, I took good? the missionary lessons, uh, the rest of them, and then I got baptized December 15th in 1996.
0: Okay. What drew you to the church?
1: Well, honestly, I, I'm one of those people that's kind of alone in a crowded room. <laughs> I've always, even if I have a lot of friends, and I did have quite a few friends growing up, I yeah. always still felt like I was lonely and missing something. Mm. And the LDS Church offered a brotherhood oh, that okay. I was kind of missing, and... Yeah. It, it' i I was intrigued by their view on families, yeah, because you know i, I did I didn't enjoy that view honestly uh, because
0: sure, yeah, and then you learned about the church's uh, families are forever kind of thing. yes and, yeah. yes and, that was... and
1: it was it was uh, at first it was some of it was a hard pill to swallow, and there were things I questioned over the years, but I was also willing and able to put those things away and just say, okay it's a peculiar people like they always told me, yeah so. I didn't realize how peculiar it really was So I went to the temple, though.
0: What, what, do you kind of recall before you age 20 what your feelings about Jesus were and grace and works? Did you kind of understand I was angry, that concept? I
1: angry with God, honestly, for quite a few years. Oh, yeah. And people didn't treat my father very well in the church, even though my grandfather was the pastor. Uh-huh. My father was a Vietnam vet. He was mentally ill. Uh-huh. He was in and out of treatment centers my whole life. And he was also time, a huh? smoker. Yeah. And he was divorced. Oh. which was a big no-no in the church I grew up in. Several
0: strikes. Huh? Yes.
1: Yeah. And people, you know, I remember one time um, this little girl fell down. I went to help her up and I was like 10 years old and mom's like, don't touch her. You know, and I'm like, what's the <laughs> matter with you? And they didn't like my father, so they always thought I was going to be a little heathen or hooligan, which I, I guess I did turn out to be that way for a <laughs> while. But... Fulfilled the prophecy there. Yes. Now. Well, so...
0: Um, but Jesus was not all that important then, or I not mean, really. was he? Yeah,
1: okay. Um, I, I knew there was a God. Yeah. I knew about Jesus. And you'd
0: read some of the Bible, I guess. But I was right?
1: yeah, I read a lot of the Bible. By, I knew I Bible was, school. I, and... I always say I was bashed in the head with the Bible my whole life growing up. But, <laughs> um, I was still very bitter yeah. against anything. So,
0: of, what did hate. you think about Joseph Smith seeing God and Jesus in the grove
1: when you heard that story? Well, I had some doubts. It sounded a little weird to me, but yeah. I don't know. It was it was weird. I, I did have kind of a spiritual experience at one point where I thought, okay, this this might have happened. A
0: burning in the bosom, or something, yeah, burning in the bosom. Yeah, I
1: prayed about it, but you know, honestly, I stayed in because of my family. You can ask my wife, and we, we I questioned over the years, and I questioned the Apostle Paul quite a bit to leadership, oh. the words of Paul, because like I told you, the, Paul Paul's words don't match up with Mormonism. At all.
0: So, in other words, what? Well, you know, in Galatians
1: <laughs> it talks about, uh, basically it talks about Joseph Smith with, fire another angel, or an comes, angel comes... Preaches
0: any, preaches any other gospel? Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the big things. But it also talks about grace. And so you're, I, you're not saved by your works. Your works are filthy rags to God.
0: So I started out by saying, do the LDS hold Paul in high esteem? And when I reflect back on my time in the church, about the only thing I really recall is his conversion. I didn't really know his teachings, I didn't know anything about his other journeys and what he what he taught. But you were sharing this with leadership and what yes. did they say?
1: Well I was called on the carpet by a bishop who said, We hold Paul in great esteem and I was in Elders Quorum telling people, hey if Paul's right, we're wrong. I hate to tell you guys and that's why <laughs> if I Paul's and right I, we're wrong. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I was I was telling them about, you know, I was the Bible being translated correctly. Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't listen to the words of Paul at all. I was trying to downplay, because I knew Paul was correct, deep oh. down.
0: Oh, you did. I really
1: did. I really, and I was feeling convicted, which is why I was saying all this stuff. And then I got called in the carpet, and the bishop says, we hold him in great esteem, you need to watch what you say. I said, like, I'm not going to watch what I say. I've never once watched what I said in my whole life. I'm not about to now. <laughs> and, you know, if they want to excommunicate me, fine, whatever. I, that's the way I felt about it, honestly. And that's I was... Well,
0: we jumped ahead just a little bit. I guess uh, you're converted to the church, and this is before you've met your wife? Yes. Okay, and this is in St. George, and w- did you meet her soon after this, or what, what happened? We met there? in
1: 1998. Well, the first time in 1997 at a fireside okay. through a mutual friend. Okay. And then about six months later, that same friend asked if uh, I want to go dancing with her, and, then my, and said my friend Sherry's going to be there. I was oh. like, Oh, okay. If and I, she's Herbert good
0: active here. LDS?
1: Yes. Okay. And it was. Uh, she turned around in the car, and I was hooked. And <laughs> Funny we how were that engaged happens. a week after, and married three months after that. So wow! And we just celebrated 21 years last June.
0: Well, congratulations! Well, no one thought happen.
1: we'd be together even a year.
0: You do end up getting sealed in the temple.
1: We did. Yeah. We. Uh, Is that in Saint George? Yes, it was. Okay. We waited a year. Yeah. And much to the chagrin of a lot of people we knew. <laughs> But it wasn't. The, it was the right thing for us to do, and we actually took our daughter with us. She was six months old at the time. We had a baby real quick oh, after marriage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, literally a wedding night surprise, according <laughs> to the doctor. But she's twenty now.
0: Yeah. And uh, what did you think of the temple when
1: you went through it? I thought it was very strange. Did you? I expected more. I expected more learning. I expected. I didn't expect anything. I saw. <laughs> wasn't
0: it? And they don't talk about it at all. <laughs> outside of the church so you really don't know what you're
1: what you're going to be uh, seeing and No, I didn't I didn't know what to expect and I didn't like what I saw but as like again I put it away peculiar people yeah you know and that's kind of a badge of honor isn't it to, to be a
0: peculiar and unique people and I'm one of the most <laughs> peculiar you're ever going to meet so that's okay <laughs> okay so go, life goes on you become you're a Sunday school teacher I guess elders quorum uh
1: I taught quite a bit. Did you? Most of my colleagues were actually in the primary. Yeah. We always joke that and I needed Scoutmaster. Scoutmaster, yes. Answer, yeah. I always joke that they, uh, my wife too, that we needed to learn what they learned in primary. Yeah. I never went to primary growing up, so oh. I always joked about that. But we some reason, we always taught the eight-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you do a lot of studying? I mean, you read the Book of Mormon probably. Did you do a lot of other reading? And
1: I read the Book of Mormon straight through one time. Yeah, and I've touched on it over the years, but I mostly and studied prayed, the Bible. You prayed
0: about it, and did you? Yeah, I,
1: I got mixed answers. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I had doubts—a lot of doubts—over the years. Uh, but I, I re- were they
0: were they doubts about the doctrine or the? I mean, did you know any of the history, or was it just theology, or what?
1: Mostly theology. Yeah, I didn't know about the history. Actually, I, I was I was born again in July of two thousand eighteen. And I didn't find out about the Gospel Topic Essays until September, oh. oddly enough. And I started reading about those, and then I found out a lot of the church history. But, you know, I'll back up a little bit. January 2018, I was working one night and I stopped in St. George, my father-in-law's house. And I always turned to him for spiritual advice. And I told him, I said, look, I'm going through the motions here. I don't feel it. I don't feel the Spirit anymore. And he said, it's okay to go through the motions because that's how you learn. Mm. And he's a very good man. I, yeah. I admire him a lot. Yeah. And he told me what, of course, what they're going to say. Read the Book of Mormon and pray. I did read the Book of Mormon, and I found out that a lot of the Book of Mormon did not match up with even the doctrine of the church. There was a lot of things they talked about hell a lot, and the thing about polygamy. I can't remember where it is, but and talk, Jacob, yeah, and Jacob you know, talked about uh, polygamy is just an abomination, right. And that they would tell me, well, sometimes you've got to break God's laws to fulfill. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> You're never supposed to break God's laws. So that was a thing. And they talked about the, the triune God, too, in the Book of Mormon. And so I was looking at that and going, okay, well, I was kind of happy about it. And then I prayed, and I, I was getting different answers. God was pushing me somewhere else. Hmm. And, you know, when the church came out with, against Proposition 2, our daughter has seizures so I was pretty upset about the way they handled that it. That
0: was the uh, medical marijuana. Yes. And and it was would have helped your children. Would have helped my children, daughter a lot. Daughter.
1: And she has a seizure the next day I get an email from the church saying we strongly encourage you to vote against proposition 2. I was angry because <laughs> cuz you thought this was something that
0: could help. And
1: yeah, and I kind of understood a little bit. I mean, they don't want, you know, <laughs> they don't want recreational marijuana. Right. That's fine, but then, you know, the opposition against the bill were telling blatant lies, and the church was joining these people. It's like, well, okay, why would God-inspired people join liars? And That, that was really irritating to Not me. Not being real truthful, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I, I really don't like marijuana, but <laughs> I, it does help medically.
0: But you kept going to church, you're trying to be faithful, and uh, I well, know you...
1: I went inactive for a while. Um, we had periods of inactivity. Uh, With your wife? Yes. Okay. Back in 2016, my sister-in-law went through the temple, and we were inactive at that point. And, but she was going to go through the temple. My mother-in-law told us, well, I don't want any empty seats. So. And she has Down syndrome, and so. we love her to death. She's the sweetest girl in the world. We wanted to be there so for her. So you got ready? and We did. We started attending again, started paying our tithing, and uh-huh. we got our recommends. Oh, good for you. And then my son was about to go on a mission shortly after, Well, a couple years later, like 2018. He was... He turned 18 years old. And you got ready
0: to go to the temple again. Well, or, yeah, I did. And I ordained him an elder.
1: I got active and, yeah. I, you know, paid my tithing, did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And then he announced that he wasn't going on a mission. And I announced I was not going to be going to church anymore because I was going for other people. And I was doing things for other people.
0: Well, as you look back on those, how long were you then in the church? 20 years? 22 years. 22 years. What, I mean, you, it sounds like you struggled with activity, and, and uh, what was it that, was it just that it didn't fit right? It didn't seem to be quite right, but you weren't sure what it
1: was, or? God was calling me elsewhere. Yeah. I, I really feel it. And He was working on me for many years, and I was I was very bitter against Protestantism as a whole growing up. Really? And I wanted nothing to do with that. And one of the worst things for me, honestly, would to be to admit to my family that they were right. Oh, and although I, I I'm, I'm pretty close with most of my aunts and uncles.
0: No, they're still all Christian. Yes. So you didn't want to admit to them that, well, of course, when you were going through Mormonism, you had made that decision, and they weren't happy about that. I no, guess. No, no. Yeah.
1: But they never really turned their back on me. Yeah. I, I assume they did, <laughs> but when I would go visit or whatever, they were always, you know, very open and very welcome, welcoming towards me. And when I told my grandmother passed away in October, and she was the pastor's wife. And when she I was just last 2018, yes, okay. 2018. And my aunt and I talked in the funeral home, and I told her I had accepted Jesus again. And she, she was very happy. She wasn't judgmental. She wasn't like, I told you so. <laughs> you know, I really. She was just happy for you. Huh? Yeah, she was.
0: Now, this happened just a few months earlier. So tell us about how, how you came to. Uh accept
1: Christ, as we say. Well, I've been questioning for a while, as I told you. Yeah. And I was uh, working a route job in St. George. And I was driving my work truck, listening to Sirius XM, and something told me, you need to listen to some Christian stuff. There's Christian channels. And I didn't know that because I listened to my metal or heavy metal or whatever. <laughs> so I turned it to, you know, the Joel Osteen channel. Oh. And at the end of his, his sermon, he gave an opportunity to accept Christ. And something told me, Take him up on that offer. Let's see, see what really? Happened. Yes. Had you ever done that before? When I was younger. Oh, yeah. you know, oh what, uh, Before twenty, yeah. Yes. And I did, and I prayed with the prayer with him, and I felt the spirit automatically, and then something came back and told me about my what my grandfather told me. Yeah,
0: you know, what was that?
1: He told me I'd always he'd always told me I'd be a pastor one day, and this is when I was going through my drugs and alcohol as a teenager, <laughs> and I laughed at him. It's like, yeah. and, and he passed away actually when I was fifteen. Oh, but he t- told me before that that even he yeah
0: to someday be a pastor he did and then in, being in the Mormon Church that, that would probably I'm sure you thought about that would
1: I always did yeah and my, did you think my well that's never, never going to happen I told I, I wanted to be I told her I said I think that I need to be a pastor at some point she looked at me funny when I when I did say the prayer I went home and told her I said you know I I said this prayer and it's going to be hard for you to understand this, but I'm a born-again Christian now. I am not a Mormon anymore. Just like that. Yeah. And she <laughs> didn't know how to accept did, it. What did she say? <laughs> well, she just... she. One Mormons problem, don't she,
0: really understand that whole business about really being born again. We know what Nicodemus says to Jesus or asks him, but uh, we don't really understand that
1: concept. And they don't understand the personal relationship because they don't think that's enough. No. And... No. When I told her this, one of the first reactions she had was, she says, I can never go to a church that doesn't believe in eternal families. Mm. This is the way she was taught growing up. I do understand. Sure, I understand. And that. But the eternal family thing, I've come to realize, is a means of control as well. I'm not trying to bash or be right, mean, but it's right. true. Yeah. And they're taught from an early age in primary. I mean, there's a lot of indoctrination going on. I was Well,
0: the temple and, like you say, the families and everything, it's all indoctrination, really. Yes, and the
1: song, the mantra, follow the prophet. You <laughs> yeah. know, over and over again, follow the prophet. Yeah. Tell these little kids. And so it just it pounds it into their head. And the families can be together forever if we follow God's yeah. plan. So people automatically fear not being with their family. Yeah, and it is a means of control. I found out. I've studied cults a lot of cults, Jim Jones, David Koresh. I never looked at Mormonism quite like that as a cult. Right. But over the years, I've seen different cultish. And just because they're not, you know, hurting mm-hmm. people, or you know, taking advantage of people in certain yeah. ways that David Koresh and Jim Jones did, right. doesn't make them any less of a cult. So, what?
0: What more did your wife think or say, or wh- how did that? Conflict. You quit going to church then? I and, did.
1: Yeah. And she she went sometimes, but she wasn't very active at that point either. Um, our, we have two daughters that have special needs, and they weren't always well received in our the ward we were in. Yeah, that's hard, isn't either. it? Either, yeah. so it's kind of hard for her to go. But she just questioned the doctrine, and you know, there's still questions she has yeah. about the Trinity. Yeah. And it's understandable. Oh, it's tough. It is.
0: Yeah, I have to admit, it's tough.
1: And she, I to, I told her recently, well, you know what? You believe Jesus died for your sins that's what matters at this point. Let's just work with that. Yeah. And then we'll, the rest of it will work itself out, the nature of God. Well, that's, a, that's the foundation. I mean, yes. to be resting on Cause the Because without Christ dying for our sins, it would all be a moot point anyway. That's right.
0: Yeah. I want to back up just a little bit. You mentioned something about reading through the Book of Mormon, realizing that, that uh, it doesn't really mesh up with uh, Mormon doctrine a little bit. What I found interesting after I left, and never thought about it before, but a lot of Mormon doctrine isn't even in the Book of Mormon, and yet Joseph Smith said that it was the most correct book, and I think it's the most corrected book probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it didn't have any of the families are forever or temple, and um, uh, that we can become gods, or that you know all the different teachings of the church—they're just not in the Book of Mormon. Did you? find that at all? It yes, just didn't. struck me anyway. I found a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of the same things you're talking
1: about. Yeah, And just their view on God itself yeah. is different in the Book of Mormon than it is in the LDS Church. And
0: oh, so now their view I'm, on
1: hell as well. I mean,
0: yeah, th- there is a lot of hell. <laughs> Jesus
1: mentioned hell in the Bible more than he did heaven. <laughs> yeah. So I think that hell is a real place. Pay attention
0: to that. Yeah. Yes. Well, back to Paul then. Have you done some reading? I guess you've obviously read the New Testament more now. And I read uh, Paul all the time. Yeah. Isn't and it amazing? I always
1: knew he was correct. That's, I was convicted. That's why I always, you know, tried to counter Paul with people. Yeah. And to, for me to stay in the church, I had to justify the beliefs. And I, I did for many years. And I, I had That's to bash to Paul reckon. to be able to justify. Yeah. I had to say, well, Paul, you know, it says in the Bible that the tribe of Benjamin shall be as ravenous wolves. It also says that Paul was a Benjamin. Oh,
0: Paul was from Benjamin. And yeah. I would
1: mention that to people. <laughs> and Paul was the thirteenth apostle. If you look in the Bible, yeah. he wasn't the twelfth apostle. And I would point that out to people. It's After like,
0: Matthias. And, yeah.
1: yeah. And I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd say things like that. But of course, my bitterness is gone for my family and everything. And you know, I always worried that if I went to a different church. That they would look at me as a backslider because I was taught in a, in a Pentecostal church growing up that people that join different churches are backsliders. And the when you're saying uh,
0: other Christian churches or Mormonism, or any, a,
1: anybody who goes to Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness, it was a or anything that's considered a cold as a backslider. Oh, okay, I see. When I went to um, the Protestant churches that I attended, I, I, tr- I tried a Church of Christ first in Cedar City, and I really liked them, but they didn't have any music, so I was no. Is
0: this them. after you came?
1: Out uh, of Mormonism, yes. Oh, okay. And I end up selling. Well, I went up going to a church called uh, Sunrise Christian Church.
0: And that in St. George.
1: It's Is in it? Cedar City. It's in Cedar. Okay. And we settled down there. We love it. Yeah. They're amazing people, yeah. and I'm actually helping out with the sound and with the cameras right now. Oh yeah. And my wife's helping out the nursery, so we've become part of that church family. They accepted us with open arms, and our special needs daughters very much so.
0: We talk a lot about in here when people come to Christ, and even though they're busier than ever before, do you feel a freedom and a sense of liberty that you never felt before?
1: Absolutely, I feel very much freedom in Christ right now. Yeah, and it's it's different. And Cedar City is pretty small town. Yeah, and I mean, I remember driving around and. I don't like the way they drive in Cedar City, I'll be honest with you. But sometimes I get angry, and I don't want to <laughs> Only you know, streets, show so my anger something. too much Yeah, because i worried about what people thought. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to watch R-rated movies because I worried about what a church thought. Mm. And, well, I won't be able to get a temple recommend if I don't live up to these covenants. Now I think, what would Jesus have me do? Yeah, I think more of that, and, 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 and I know he will forgive me if I make a mistake. And I don't need to live up to the perfection that Mormonism teaches. Yeah. I don't have to be perfect because Christ died for me, and he he fulfilled. And I I, I shouldn't be a sinner. I mean, I shouldn't live in sin. Obviously, right. I mean, I know a lot of Mormons think that Christians just feel just we go can out and live like hell and, and call heaven our own. Yeah, that's just not the case. Yeah. But I want to do it because of Christ, not because of a church.
0: Well, I was just going to ask you what your perception of Jesus. I say this, Jesus is enough. Um, from the Adams Road Band, yes. and who's been just coming through Utah this, this last week. Um, but to kind of share with us what, how different Jesus is for you now.
1: Well, before, I looked more of God as a, not as a friend, as more of an authority figure, yeah. someone who wants to just sit up there and judge you for all your sins. And now I look at God. I could talk to God like I do a friend. Yeah. When I pray to God, I don't need to do these and thous. Because who, would you approach your father and say, you know, if my kids did that, I'd be like, what's the matter with you? Don't, don't talk century. to me that way. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I could talk to God and, you know, be okay with calling him you. And, yeah. you know, and it's okay. Have more of a personal relationship rather than
0: titles. And Absolutely. That's one thing I've noticed uh, Christians use the word Jesus. We don't, I mean, we use the word Savior, Redeemer, and. Uh, the Lord and all those things, but from time to time, but th- it's not as personal as saying His name, Jesus. and
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I did learn through Adam's Road and other things that Jesus is enough. Yeah.
0: And a grace, did you now come to understand what grace was? and I did. Or had you really had a feel for that or are you remembering now what you learned as a, as
1: a young man? I, I do remember what I learned as a young man, but for many years I kind of adopted the Mormonism way thinking grace was too easy
0: yeah. and that
1: there's more to it than this, but there really yeah. isn't. It's, it's really that simple. And the Bible says it's that simple. Huh. And all you have to do is believe and to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. You don't have to follow any denomination. You don't have to follow any church. You don't have to perform works or ordinances to be saved.
0: It's a free gift. It is. Yeah, I never understood that at all. I didn't either.
1: <laughs> and even growing up in it, I still thought, hmm, there's something to this. And it took me a long time to get rid of my bitterness over over some of the people I saw. you know, Because some people didn't act like Christians, but you're going to find that everywhere. Yeah. And I don't always act like a Christian either.
0: Yeah, we humans have a way of messing things up, that's for sure. But, Well, I'm just really impressed. So, so your wife has uh, been interested, of course, in your journey and what, how, how it impacted the family. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's been a whirlwind. Um, our kids are still kind of struggling a little bit. They go to church with us for the most part. Our 19-year-old son sometimes attends the singles ward. He goes to Southern Utah University. Hmm. And I want him to be active at the university. And if I let him make up his own mind. Our pastor that's, told us after the we, thing to do. We yeah. got active in the church, he said at his church, he said, You changed the rules recently. Don't push your kids too hard. Because well, that's a good point. Well, we raise them in that faith. Yeah. So I can't expect them just to up and leave. Yeah. Although some people are encouraging me just to, <laughs> to do just that. Yeah. Our fourteen year old son was saved. And we're still waiting on our sixteen year old. And our special daughters, we're not too worried about them. I think yeah. God's got a hand sense, on them anyway. Yeah. But I'm, I'm hoping that our 19-year-old and 16-year-old will get saved at some point. But our 16-year-old does practice with the worship team sometimes in our in our church. Oh, really? She and sings. She's got a very great singing voice. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they will encourage her. Yeah. And to, well, you know, be a good influence on her. Oh,
0: exciting! Well, guys, believe it or not, there's only a couple of minutes left. Um, I know you've got family on both sides now. I guess uh, uh, of of our. Discussion: Christians and Mormons, and what would you say to them? They must be thrilled. The Christian side must be thrilled that you've uh, oh, are, and amazed. And I thank their prayers Jesus.
1: for my wife coming to Christ and for softening her heart. And it can't be easy for her because she was raised in the church, yeah. from day one, and, and her family's a long line of missionaries and a long history in the church, dating back to Joseph Smith, yeah. John Murdoch and the Doctrine of Covenants is one of the. Wow. relatives who gave twins to Joseph Smith after his wife passed away.
0: So you're taking a little heat for this bad influence, I guess? They or? haven't said
1: anything to me, I but mean, they, they typically amen. will more talk to her anyway. <laughs> um, I get along with them pretty good. Well, that's they, good. They're decent people. They're good people. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've grown to care about them over the years. And even, even through this, I know they still care about us. Well, that's but, good.
0: anything you want to say to them, or any of any of your well, I just hope that family, they will.
1: Friends? I just hope that they will open their hearts and their minds and look at the Bible and do what Michael Wilder suggested to read the Bible like a child, because that's mm-hmm. what I did, and it it opened my eyes like I couldn't believe. So that's what I suggest to friends and family in the LDS Church.
0: I think that's good counsel i I was surprised as I started having these questions that I went in and started reading the the red words. I found a red letter Bible Absolutely. started reading what Jesus said and what he didn't say, and mm-hmm. same with Paul what he said and what he didn't say and it was pretty amazing eye opening because yes. you're now reading the New Testament this god given gift and uh, reading it with different eyes, really, the eyes were open and 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 yours is almost miraculous. I mean, it just seems like it was a moment. uh, You're thinking one way, and the next minute you're thinking another. And that's the way it is to be born again, right?
1: It is. You become a new creation. Yeah. But you still have work to do. I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I'm still working on myself every day.
0: Well, good luck with that, and uh, good luck with your pastor aspirations and you. hope things work out for you and thanks for coming all the way up from Cedar City I appreciate you doing that Alex a thanks a lot and we'll see you next time here on the Ex-Mormon Files This has been the audio podcast of The Ex-Mormon Files with host Erler Skinner. The Ex-Mormon Files is produced by Main Street Church of Brigham City More information on this program including the video version of it can be found at exmormonfiles.com That's exmormonfiles.com. Do you have an ex-Mormon story to
1: share? Write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com.